0: Welcome, everybody, to the fourth edition of the Uncultured Gaming Podcast, the podcast where I was tricked into having some beers with Will, but he threw a microphone in front of me and told me to start talking or else. In today's episode, we talk about the new PlayStation Portal and Starfield Potatoes. We also get into what remains of Edith Finch. Stick around for some unprofessional commentary from a guy that doesn't know what he's doing and a doctor that wouldn't know where the perineum was if he was given three guesses. All that and more on the Uncultural Gaming Podcast. (laughs) This feels weird being on on this side of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not so easy now, is it? (laughs) No. And we're
0: back. I'm your host. I'm your host. I'm your hostess with most holes. I'm definitely leaving that in. <laughs> and we're back. I'm your host, Preston, aka Soulsborn Lover, XX, capital X, 420, big X, little X, little X. And with me today is our other host, the fake doctor, Dr. Wilson Mammoth, Dr. Willie Mammoth. Can I yeah, call know, you? My,
1: know my yeah know me know my title a little bit better. <laughs> Put some respect <laughs> on my name,
0: son. Can I call you? Can I call you, Doctor?
2: No, you All call right. me Sir. <laughs> <speak> <laughs> but All no,
0: right. Yeah. So before we get we get too far into this, uh, what are you playing right now?
1: So right now, um, oh, what the hell am I playing right now?
0: Playing a before this
1: before we played the bench, I was playing a little bit of. Some uncharted. Uh I beat the Uncharted game. So remember last episode I, I talked about I was playing the first Uncharted. Then I went back and pff, beat it. I uh, finally got over the scary, scary part um of the first game. Uh if anyone remembers that we where these little zombie little creatures are they come running at you in the dark submarine area. Uh that was as a ninth grader in high school, I was a big weenie. And so I finally conquered my fears and realized, oh wow, this isn't that scary, and beat it. It was actually kind of hard because it was not Games back then were not very forgiving, um, with the checkpoints and everything. So I would die and have to restart everything. After that, I played a little bit of Ratchet and Clank. Um, I'm trying to go back and replay all the games. Um, were you a big Ratchet and Clank guy,
0: Preston? Yeah, I, I did the, uh, first one, but I didn't like follow it all the way. Part, um, main reason was because I went Xbox 360, uh, around the PS3 era. And so I, I went from, uh. PlayStation 2 to Xbox 360. I skipped PS3 and then I went PS4, PS5.
1: So you downgraded, so, but then realized your mistake and upgrade. Okay, good that's, right. good. that's right. See, I can say that because I was at the peak of the console wars and everything, mm-hmm. you know, being a veteran of that and all. Yeah, that's about all I've been, really been playing lately. Other than some uh, AC6, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah we, we don't didn't. have to talk about it right now. Yeah,
0: what have you been playing? So uh, last uh, we last talked was about a month ago. Uh, so I finished Sekiro. You know, we we were talking. I only had like one more boss to do, and mm-hmm. then I did a Bloodborne run. Uh, went ahead and uh, did you did beat that. it? I did. You freak! Um, what? How? <laughs> it hasn't
2: been once that long. You know three go, weeks.
0: Once you know where to go, and you know what you bill what you like to do, it's it's you can get through it relatively quickly. You but disgust I'm, me. What? <laughs> what? But I'm kind of eagerly waiting last be I'm very excited that comes out the this month but mm-hmm. um I've also been I jumped back into destiny 2 um, okay. you know so I just felt like shooting stuff you know it, <laughs> I, the way I do destiny I will usually I don't keep up with the latest releases I'll play it for a while till I get tired of it I'll delete it and then about 6 months later I'll come back to it and I'll play all the stuff that came out at you know the discounted price and then I'll Play until I finish that, and then or I get tired of it.
1: I like to shoot stuff. You're going to end up on a most wanted list or a watch
0: list. (laughs) You just want to play. It has a very satisfying uh, uh, shooting mechanic, so I've Mm. I've always liked it. So, Uh, other than what
1: you've been playing, what else have you been up to lately?
0: Everything at work's been fine. Um, The uh, my my training for my marathon has been going okay, not great Um, the past like month. Every every woman in my my household has had a cough. So my wife's had a cough for like three weeks. And uh, earlier this week, I was not feeling very good at all. And I'm starting to kind of develop a cough, which I'm not looking forward to if I do. Um, but it's all been good. What have you been doing? I think you have a pretty big update.
1: Yeah, not to one-up you on everything, because my life <laughs> is pretty cooler than yours right now. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so... We've actually, just to get a little transparent with everybody, we have pushed recording back a good bit, because my little baby boy decided to make his appearance in this great big world, and I am officially a dad right now. Um,
0: Congrats. It's,
1: it's good. I'm tired. I'm always tired now. My caffeine intake is really bad. I have what my wife likes to call uh, baby brain right now, so mm-hmm. I have the intelligence of a baby, um, of course. I'm learning to walk every day. It's very, it's very challenging and everything. But um, yesterday, I was getting home from going to the grocery store by myself. I know she trusts me enough to, you know, let me drive the car by myself for the first time oh, ever. Boy. I know. But I was going to throw away uh, my energy drink, and I opened the trash can outside and just threw my keys into the trash can. Nice. And I was like, solid. I was like, son of a bitch, <laughs> I, need, I need these. <laughs> so I didn't
0: you know. Just that's, when you just, that's when you just close the trash can lid and just come. Just, it's, it's fine. I'll, I'll get some more keys. I'll get a new car. <laughs> a I'll spare. get a new car. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I have a spare. It's
1: fine. But, you know, being a dad is one of the coolest things ever. Not to get very sentimental right now, but I feel like given the our current game, I felt like this was kind of a, yeah. you know, it, it was weird how it kind of lined up and everything. I,
0: I, I noticed that. So I actually finished it up last night. And then uh, some of the bits at the end, I was like, ah, this is a little bit on the nose
1: yeah uh-huh. <laughs> this is good um prepping me for you know for fatherhood <laughs> and everything but you know it's um it's one of those things where it's like you have that that love it's just immediate and like it, just, it is absolutely insane i love the little guy and everything and you know shout out to my wife who has just been you know super strong throughout the whole this whole thing delivery went well she's just been a, a rock star this entire time and i hope she hears this and gives me a lot of brownie points because i that's called sucking up at <laughs> best
0: yeah, it's it's amazing what the uh the kind of love you feel the first time you hold your kid. It's mm-hmm. completely different than if you hold somebody else's kid.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm glad we we've turned this into the fatherhood podcast. That's right. So we got well, it's sensitive. officially
0: the the dad the dad cast
1: the dad cast. Ooh, that's a good that's that's a good spinoff name. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. That reminds uh, me of Dad Two
0: Game. <laughs> da- ooh, Dad Two Game.
1: Uh, that reminds me. I came up with like another idea for um. A podcast you know we'll probably cut this out too because i'm now i'm saying it's like this is a stupid idea but um basically it would just be us talking like it'd be like the pleasantry talk that we usually have for the podcast but mm-hmm. my idea was so we have silly goose gaming so yep. we call it the honk honk.
0: <laughs> honk honk yeah that's what goose do they do honk honk. honk. <laughs> whenever one one time whenever abby and i were <clears throat> dating uh we were we we're out and we we're like going for a ride, uh, around a, a golf course. And there were some, uh, um, <laughs> there's some geese that were, uh, like kind of walking across. I bet they were hogging. And she's like, Oh, look, there's some ducks. I was like, honey, those are, those are, uh, those are geese. And she's like, and you could see she was, she was perplexed. She the, the hamster was, was turning. She said, no, they're all lady ducks. <laughs> she's so like we, the, we the call, vine like
2: look at all these
0: chickens look at all
2: these chickens <laughs> and
0: so that's that's kind of what it was and i wish i wish i had that recorded but it was uh, so every time we see geese they're old lady ducks uh
1: that, that tracks I, I respect that
0: all right um, so we're going to go into our next section feedback loop uh will as keepers of uh keys and grounds have you gotten any feedback on episode two
1: um on episode 2, I'm trying to remember. A lot of people liked episode 2 with um with firewatch and everything. I, I got general good feedback. Other other than stuff that we know, like um I can't shut up and everything, um <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um I got a lot of feedback from episode 3 already. So, you know, it's about a week out. I don't really I don't I, I say that cuz I don't really remember a lot of stuff from episode 2, but I had some mm-hmm. I had some good, you know, feedback for ourselves in regards to episode three you when know, with biowatch yeah. and everything. So I want to I wanna get into that. Um there was no segment music at all. Um Fire Preston. That's it, you know. There, there, wait, no, no, excuse me, excuse me. There was there was a little bit, there wasn't as much segment music. Mm. You did do some no- segment noises <laughs> that's not music though. So um another a- another comment I got from one of our fans slash friends are friendly fans was that i bully preston too much you know preston i would like to say i'm sorry for bullying you but i will not stop bullying you because one last episode you were way too funny and i can't have you get an ego so that you go and start your own cool podcast maybe you'll steal honk honk for me i can't afford that to happen so I, I i'm just gonna tell you right now i'm not gonna stop bullying you i need you to calm down. Sit down, Preston. Sit down. I'm starting to stand standing. up on my
0: I'm starting, I'm starting to, to get, get out of my you chair. Get your ass down
1: God. Um, what were my other notes? I had some good ones. Uh, another one was oh god, I was really embarrassed by this. Because one just shows I don't know my pop culture reference. I'm going too fast for everyone. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna keep going. I was gonna say Preston, I was like, no, I don't give a shit about Preston either. I gotta keep bullying him. <laughs> but you know, when I got into the part when we were discussing Fontaine and everything, I called him like he's like the godfather of rapture. He's the Al Pacino and everything. Um Al Pacino is an actor. I think of Al Capone, Al- the gangster. Oh, oh
0: see, I didn't even catch I didn't even it's, pick it's, up it's, on that. I knew so, exactly no, no, you're talking about. I was like I didn't listen to it, I was like
1: fuck, oh, someone's going to catch me on that. That's not very good. That's not very good. I'm a big dumb dumb. Um, I have a I I think I have one more I have two more I have two more comments Um, one is we are no longer allowed to talk about celebrities on our podcast because why is that well we mentioned Smash Mouth we played their song on our podcast and we also mentioned that it's five o'clock somewhere who recently passed in the media Preston (laughs)
2: who Boom. Mm.
1: none other than steve harwell of smash mouth and jimmy buffett and this was
0: brought to my attention yesterday and wow i, I thought about the smash mouth i didn't think about jimmy buffett oh, oh no i was uh so at this yeah point, we, we, we can't talk about anybody else
1: no or else we're, we're cursed it's like um oh, what's a good it's, it's an anime reference so i'm really nerding myself up right here death note so mm-hmm. people I'd if you that. have someone you don't like Please don't call us because I don't want to go to jail. I just had a baby. <laughs> I, I, I want to see him grow up, not from behind bars.
0: Thank you. Our, our podcast and, is like Death Note. <laughs> 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 uh, but we gotta t- we gotta say how they're gonna how they're gonna die. Oh,
1: uh, true, true, true. Yeah, uh, but
0: I guess it's since we didn't specify, then they just kind of died of a heart attack. Mm oh God that's sad it's turned it's, it's turned very very dark very fast. oh God, well hey, I didn't know you liked anime, so we need to talk about that sometime. Well you like anime too? I do. How are we hosts and we don't know this? Well, you know, sometimes it's scary to talk I don't about give a shit about games, what you have to say like, <laughs> then the next thing like say hey do you, do you like do you like anime yeah i am uh, not I'm not bad i'm not like i don't I have a few shows I like
1: yeah no no i I'm with you and in... As well i mean there's there's shows that are really good i try to get my wife into them um we're still working on that but you know, that's, that's an episode for another day because uh, i have one more comment about the feedback loop that i want to share before we get into your um comments and everything um i was recently chastised about our game of the year discussion when you know we were talking about tears of the kingdom and baller's gate 3 uh, i was told that by my friend austin that you know how could we leave diablo 4 out so hey. one This was my personal Game of the Year selection. I haven't played Diablo before. I'm I don't have time to play that right now. And so with that being said, I don't know if it's good. Why would I mention that? Also, it has a Metacritic score of 88. (sighs) Um, Our discussion, granted, Jedi Survivor was, I think it's like an 84 or something like that. And Final Fantasy, I think it's insane range. It's like 86 to 88. But all that said, Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom are in the 90s. That was what the discussion was about.
0: We also talked about it was our personal games of the year. Exactly. Like, and I said, you know, do I think Tears of the Kingdom will get game of the year? Probably. Yeah. But my personal game of the year so far was Jedi Survive.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not me you know, calling out Austin. It
2: kind of is a little bit.
1: But at the same time, I just thought I was like, oh, that's a good point to go back to and talk about Diablo 4 and how it's like not my personal game of the year because I have yet to play it, nor will I play it out, of, um, out of pure spite at this point. You're mad about it. I'm not petty. Not petty at all. Not petty at Just, all.
2: Yeah.
1: D- at me. At me, Internet. At me. How, how much of an idiot. Anywho, Preston, did you have any comments about like episode two or episode three?
0: I thought those two episodes went pretty well. I don't I didn't have any uh, feedback for myself. I think we're kind of getting a little better at this whole thing. But, you that's, know,
1: yeah, it's coming for who's, me who's, to start
0: talking more and, you know, kind of getting relaxing a little bit and having a good time.
1: Or talk less because you stole the show in the last episode I haven't forgotten that I got jealous of all the jokes you were you were landing and it, I don't get jealous much but I call me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich Preston I didn't appreciate your jokes
0: what in the world does that mean
1: <laughs> they were really funny that's what <laughs> that means I couldn't, couldn't handle being like the you were like A plus effort I was like B plus effort I can't handle that kind of pressure I'm number one baby I'm one
0: baby. I have, well, I have a lot to live up to on this episode since I'm hosting yeah. it. Yeah, don't Jeez. fuck
1: it up. Yeah, it's already it's already taken a turn. If we get four stars. I'm linking it to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time for what I'm calling Tipsy Trap.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that time to get some ideas.
0: beers. All right. What, what? What am I? I wanted to try this one. This one's a little little funky. Funky. Well, my my person. Okay. This one is going to be a. uh off. All right. So, press. Oh, be a little. Tra- I'll, I'll. I'll leave the. You
1: sit back <laughs> down. You Sit back down. Sit back there. So, like everyone knows, we always pop the top. So, pre- being a little transparent, pressing out bottles.
0: I did get um, bottles. Um. That this. I did the pick six, and so I got like six of different beers, and this one is
2: classic. We we need to pop the top first before we we get to that part. Okay. Great. Right. Three, two, one. I messed it up.
1: Ladies and I gentlemen, I, 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 good thing I had that sound saved forever. Yeah, well um, so
0: insert insert a uh, actual uh, clip of us opening four episodes yeah. in. We're you off the rail. <laughs> no, you
2: can
0: well, you can just sync 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 it back up. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, well, Preston, you know, usually you ask me what I'm drinking, but since you're the host today, I'm gonna ask you, what are you drinking today out of your pick six selection? So
0: I'm drinking a pecan ale. I have never heard of a pecan ale, and it oh. just kind of intrigued me. It's What's by the... Abita Brewing. Oh. And let's see where, where's where's it actually made? So it's a pecan ale, and with real Louisiana roasted pecans for a subtle nutty flavor and aroma. It's brewed with pale mancha biscuit and car- it's got a lot of stuff going on. So it's
1: it's basically from Louisiana, is what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah, right, that's what sick. it is. All right, and then.
2: Oh yeah, no, take your sip. Kinda I want to hear your rating first. Oh, it's good. It's good shit. Oh, well, that's stout. Ooh. That's good though. I like it. It's different. I don't mm. know where they're getting the pecan thing though. Look at you branching out. It's good. Okay. It's very it's like a dark lager kind of thing. And it's okay. I like it. What are you drinking, Will? Well, before I tell you, what was your score? Mm. Seven. It's, it's average, it's it's middle good. of the road. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
1: it's fine. It's I'm like, not mad about like, it. Yeah, it sounds like something like I, I. That's a good recommendation. I'll probably go out and go get that. But you know, continue. What I'm drinking, I'm continuing my trend accidentally by drinking more IPAs. I am drinking uh, from Sierra Nevada, the Tropical Little Thing IPA. It's a hazy IPA with a seven percent ABV, and I believe Sierra Nevada is. They brew out in... God, what is that it's in It's in North Carolina. Let me see if I can find it here. Mills River, North Carolina. And also in Chico, California. But my wife spends the brewery in North Carolina, so I'm going to say it's from North Carolina. So you know it. It is a family-owned, operated, and argued-over beer. Argued-over?
2: What's you, yeah. what your rating?
1: It's a good one. It's a good IPA. Um, I don't really get a lot of the tropical taste in it. Um, I'm probably just you no. Know, I don't have a good palate or something like that. Where that that's, that's that's a fancy word that Somaliers will will say. Oh way I, I pronounced it right. Smallers that they would uh, you know you know would say I have a good palate for that. Um, I do not. Um, but it's a good IPA. Um, it's not really hoppy, uh, which you know if, if that's what you're into, that's good. So I'm probably going to give it a, a good score of eight. It's going to get an eight for me. Nice.
2: Yeah. Very but, uh, very uh, nice. It's
1: good beer. It's good beer. But uh, I I want to keep drinking this and kind of get a little more tipsy so you can listen to our next segment. Preston,
0: let's do it. So next segment is question of the day. We never know where this is going to go. It could go uh nostalgia or current. So what were we more embarrassing? More embarrassing?
1: Oh, since we're doing it online.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't, to... we haven't addressed that. So, uh, since, uh, will had his baby and I have been uh questionably sick like a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know if I was, Actually, sick when his baby was born, so I did not want to get around him. And then now that I've been under the weather for a week, I'm glad I didn't. And I'm really excited to make the little squirt. But
2: I need. That's why nice my are
0: saying
1: you were faking it. Yeah. No. I'm, Show me the doctor's notes.
0: I go, I don't, I Show mean. me the emails. Anywho, <laughs> you can probably hear it. Hear it in my voice. I'm not sure. Okay, and <laughs> no, I can hear it. Um, so
1: you, well, with that, all that to say. Um, you probably won't be able to hear the wheels' noise, so I'll just make it for us. I'm um, doing my job as the voice segment noise person. I- I'm loud. Anyways, uh, here we go. I clicked modified wheel. I'm so stupid.
2: What was a boss you struggled against but finally beat?
0: Oh, Lord. Most memorable for me, you know, with my favorite games being more uh, more boss oriented, probably the unnamed king in uh, Dark Souls 3. Mm. He is kind of notoriously the uh, hardest boss, and he's an optional boss. You don't have to beat him, but man, he took me forever to beat. And, you know, there's probably more than one where by the time that you actually beat the boss, you just kind of give a middle finger to the screens, like, "Girl, you you fight, like you died so many times." But it's so gratifying when you actually mm-hmm. finish it. But probably the unnamed king, nameless king, nameless king, nameless, nameless king.
1: Oh man, what about you? Yeah, uh, there's one boss I want to talk about, but I want to leave it for another day. One boss that comes to mind. Um, this was back when I was little, and you no, know, I wasn't very good at games. I'm a little, I'm a lot better at games now. But I remember in Kingdom Hearts 1, um, when you fight Riku for like the last time, he's like super overpowered and everything. I remember getting my ass smacked yep. so, so much yep. until I finally figured out how to beat him. And like it gets to this point where he kind of goes like this little dash attack and everything, and kinda, it kind of keeps going, he doesn't stop. I found out when that happens, you could just glide around and avoid it. And when I figured that out, it clicked and I finally beat him. And just imagine a little. Like fifth grader Will going, let's go. <laughs> I had a backup for that one.
2: <laughs> let's go. But it was just yep. like,
1: yeah, no, that was uh, as a boss that I remember, like to this day, being very difficult. But now, like, I can go in and rinse it pretty easily.
0: Uh... That's the way it goes. Once you know the weaknesses, uh, I too remember Kingdom Hearts 1. And the worst thing about whenever we played Kingdom Hearts 1 is that you could not skip the cutscenes. And so I remember the final boss, uh, uh, Xanort. Is Xanort?
1: No, it's like, Ansem the first game. Ansem,
0: Ansem, and uh, I remember beat trying to beat him on Destiny Island, and it was just I'd have to see that cutscene over and over again. Mm-hmm. But mm. yes, I remember those was being very difficult. And if we're gonna if we're gonna
1: chalk it up, um, I- I'll give it to also Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts One. Not two. 2. 2 I could handle first first Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts One. You have to go to the Coliseum and do that um extra oh, boss battle yes, yes so i say this is like one i struggled against because it was years 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 before i beat him like fifth grade me could not handle that that was a game level that i was not on at that point we get we flash forward to freshman year going to sophomore year of college i'm like back home from the summer i rent uh did i rent no i bought a ps2 and i was playing that i was like you know what i think i can do it i beat sephiroth i made him my little bitch. I made a video bitch. game, my bitch, and it was like it was kind of one of those things. Like, okay, I got closure from my fifth grade. I I, I vindicated myself. I don't think vindicate is the right word, but I stood up for my little fifth grade
0: ass and I said, "Fuck you, Sephiroth. You gonna take you gonna, you take, gonna take this dick? Why <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take? You can <laughs> don't
2: take
1: <it>. Oh god! <laughs> All right. Oh, that's funny. Well, Preston, that was that was, that was nice little walk down memory lane and everything but i want to know what's going on
0: in the news so uh with our gossiping hour i'm calling it two trashy takes with wop that's will and Preston. what did you think I mean? oh god <laughs> <laughs> i know it was an explicit podcast but good god It <laughs> made my wife laugh and <laughs> she laughed <left>, she coughed
1: <laughs> i didn't hear that <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh
0: the first first thing i wanted to talk about was the uh The PlayStation just announced, or kind of, we got more hands on of the PlayStation Portal, Mm -hmm. and the you would think that in the age of like the Switch doing so well and all that, they would do like a dedicated like a PlayStation like PSP back in the day. You had dedicated games for it, but the PlayStation Portal is more of a a glorified remote play
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that you know you can you can you can pick up your your phone and log into your uh, PlayStation from. The house or anywhere, yeah anywhere, and you can play your game. You can even use a DualSense to play your game, but they're kind of doing a more streamlined version of uh, that, where you have like an eight eight inch LCD screen, you've got two PS5 looking JoyCons that are not detachable, and I think the idea is to give it you give you the full PlayStation Five experience because I think it has the adaptive triggers and all that, but you kind of expect a little bit more out of PlayStation. You're kind of in this age of the handhelds, Mm -hmm. but the good news is that it's $200. So I think they realize that it's not meant to be a dedicated unit. So they're Mm -hmm. kind of pricing it accordingly, but it it is a little disappointing.
1: I'm with you on the disappointment with that. And that $200 price point, it's still, to me, is too high. Because when you consider like, uh, just $50 more is the Xbox Series S. So you can get like a, a smaller Xbox. Can't put a disc in it. It's like, it's mainly for like Game Pass and everything. I mean, you can buy something that is only meant for remote play, or you can just buy a whole another console. So it, it, to me, it's like, it, it, it's not really worth it. Now, if it was like, if they bump it down $50, like 150, like it, that sweet spot between 150 and 200, I think that'd be good. I, but I do think, I was worried that they're going to be like, this is $300. Cause I don't know if you were aware of the PSVR two when it came out. It's, I feel like it was dead on arrival. One one being it was six hundred dollars, like mm. more than the PS five, which is already hard to get. So and it's just I don't know. Sony, it, it, I feel like they dropped the bag on this one. Like this could have been great, but why would I do that when I can you know put Remote Play on my MacBook and I can just play off of that screen, which I've been exactly. doing and it runs fine. Or I can order a hundred dollar Backbone feature, which if you haven't got it, it's really fun. Um, I, I really like it. It's a good accessory to put on your phone. Oh, do you have it? Yeah, it's it I uh my wife, no shout out my wife again, uh, awesome, amazing creature that she is, What got me that for Christmas, and I've used it a lot. Um, I wouldn't use it for more like intense games like Elden Ring or Armor Core. I don't, I don't it wouldn't be good for that, but I played both Southport games on it, and it's like it's very easy to do. I played Final Fantasy on it and it was like it was very easy to use, but all that to get a playstation portal which is just a big screen has it it doesn't pull from a cloud server it has you have to have a playstation 5 to use it right and um it doesn't have bluetooth capabilities which is like at this point if you're we've moved to a culture where everything is bluetooth at this point if we right the fact they don't have it's like i feel like ah you missed the spot again come on playstation it's it's, this come on sony it is not that difficult to
0: create something that has a lot more functionality than that yes so whenever you did the backbone were you doing it over like wi-fi or were you doing it over cellular so in your um, house or away
1: i was doing it over cellular so i've done it both where i was on my wi-fi i was on my internet and the backbone like it doesn't have anything it has its own app and everything so but it's just like the controller plugs in super easily to your phone and everything i don't know i was trying to go with that but uh, let's say it's like it's, it's functionality wise it's it's good it's about what you want it's a little i have big hands and the controller is a little bit small for me but mm-hmm. I, I find a way to make it work you know granted if i had like the joy cons like the dual sense joy cons and everything then they're like yeah oh yeah it's got the grips i can handle that but it doesn't yep. and for, for what it's worth like it being sorry i'm trying to get a charger real quick um it being $100, I think that's like more than fine.
0: But $200, I'm just like I'm paying for a screen at that point. Yep, exactly. And I saw where people were actually trying out the PlayStation Portal and they were like testing it out inside the Sony studio and they were saying, oh yeah, I, c- I couldn't uh, distinguish any sort of uh, lag. You know, the experience was really good, but they were also probably had it under prime conditions. You know, the fastest that's- internet they that- can, yeah, that's a great have. point,
1: too.
0: So, you know, under real-world conditions where people, like, you know, maybe they have a one-hour lunch break and they want to uh, play it in their car or something like that, how well mm-hmm. does it work over cellular? Yep. It kind can of highly depend on your service, but um, things like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what, what, what's this stuff about a star-filled potato? Dude, is.
1: <laughs> so this, this story comes from IGN. I like to pull from IGN a lot. Um, an article by wesley yinpool um basically you know like with bethesda games like skyrim fallout and everything you have like a scary feature where you can be encumbered if you carry like x mountain cheese wheels armor and all that kind of stuff well a starfield player stuffed twenty thousand potatoes into their ship's cockpit for science and showed off the game's impressive physics so essentially like in the past like i've seen one tiktok where a, someone in skyrim tried to put like 10,000 cheese wheels in a home and like it's the frame rate drops pretty significantly and everything's kind of like the cheese loses physics it's kind of like just like all walled and everything well redditor Moosey (laughs) pan I do I pronounce that right (laughs) it's a fun name Moosey pan published a clip showing what happened when they opened the door of their cockpit and we see the potatoes realistically spill onto the floor and perhaps more impressively move about realistically as they interact with the door as it closes and I saw the tiktok and the potatoes just like kind of fall down like in real life. I was like, that's very pretty to watch. And you know, I give I've given Starfield a lot of shit. But you know, like I, I know like off off topic and everything, you and me were talking about like it's a Bethesda game, it's good for Bethesda people. But it's just kinda like that little feature, it's like that little small detail. It's like, uh, oh, that's fun. I like that. I like that they did that. It's kinda you know, like got- a red
0: dead red dead two um feature words, you know. The most obscure thing, uh physics related things in that's pretty cool. It's like yeah, the, the the
1: tensions and the details, even though it's like, but what I've seen with a lot of people's complaints is like that. One thing I've heard, about with uh, with Starfield, is like it, the mechanics are a little outdated. And I mean, I've seen TikToks where it's like you know crowd control, and they compare it to Cyberpunk, and I think that's kind of comparing apples to oranges because you know I don't with, with with Starfield, I feel like you're just kind of, you're there for the space exploration. You're not there for right. like the people and everything. It's like a no man's sky situation but yes and they don't have
0: they intentionally left out ground vehicles i saw that you got explore thing on foot oh
1: god and I, i've heard that the the there's no like internal map or local map or something like that so it's like it makes navigating a little bit more difficult you know as me as a, as a starfield hater that's good for me but <laughs> to talk that's all right shit like that but no starfield's doing great you know i i'd be lying if i said i didn't want to play it of course but another thing I want to talk about, Starfield, I mean, kind of the, the potato part was just you know had a little teaser of how what what this game is capable of. This game is also capable of saving lives, Preston.
0: Saving lives.
1: Yeah, exactly. From an article from Game Rant um, was the author's name, Sarah Fields. Starfield saves gamer and their family from an apartment fire. Now you may be thinking like, how at what how how is that possible? But Reddit user. Um, Hmm. I don't know how to pronounce this name, so I'm going to pronounce it two ways and press can vote which way I want to say, he wants it to be said. There is a Tidy Seekilla or Tidikilla. Um, Tidikilla, for sure. Tidikilla. Uh, Tidikilla took to the Starfield subreddit to share their experience of an apartment complex fire and how Starfield played a role in saving their family's life. Primarily, Tidikilla notes that they've been excited for the game since since hints of its existence began to circulate years ago. As we know, Starfield's been in development for, God, I have no idea, years. So they were happy to place an order for Starfield Premium Edition so that they could play it days early. Uh, on August 31st, they booted up the game and decided to play for as long as they could. The decision was the right one, as it meant that they were wide awake when an explosion suddenly happened like downstairs of their apartment complex at 2 o'clock in the morning. And so you may be thinking, like, well, it's an explosion. They shouldn't have been able to hear it. But when he went in to go check on his wife, his wife was still asleep. So there's a possibility that you know they may not have made it. But the fact that he was playing Starfield, and he was so excited for that, He was able to stay up, hear the explosion, get him, his wife, and their cat out right before the smoke alarms were going off and before they even received any real damage. They did get like a couple of burns, but a couple of burns versus burning alive, you know, that was kind of like a good deal for them um oh,
0: man see it pays off to stay up late playing video games yeah
1: yeah people who say video games hurt people fuck you what do you, you mean are. what <laughs> do you mean this this video game literally saves somebody's life video game Saving addiction lives. is not it's not a problem video game addiction saves lives that's see, all me, i gotta me, say me
0: me, me me staying up till uh, two o'clock on a uh work day playing a game you see i'm i'm really protecting the house is
1: what <laughs> no intruder's gonna get in i'm gonna throw my controller like a boomerang
0: all right. Well, with that <laughs> said, what, have you ever thrown your little... controller? Have you, have you ever had a, a moment of shame where you threw your controller?
1: Yeah. yeah very recently when I played fucking
0: Armor Core 6. <laughs> <laughs> like, i
2: said, fuck this game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a uh, kind of a moment of clarity after I got really upset with a uh, Xbox 360 game and I threw my controller and I looked there and it was broken and I just, it was, I was just ashamed of myself. It was Man. deep, deep, ashamed. And uh and
1: It's, it's <clears> very <throat> easy to get mad at games and like I, I i do this thing where I kinda like twist the controller a little bit and I was like I need to st- I, as soon as I do it, like I need to touch
0: grass. It's just, this is bad. Yeah, go walk and when you start getting that feeling of like you're just starting to turn into a little bit of a, a goblin. Uh, you, you gotta gotta go take a break. A goblin? <laughs>
2: like, that, like that.
0: You know when you've been playing you've been playing games all day and you start getting really ill and snappy with everybody, you need to take a break. <laughs> like you need you need to go you need to go for a walk, take I don't know the full load load of laundry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now we're into our game time segment, and I thought we need a new new name, so I'm going to call it the Funky Monkey.
1: That's, that's 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 wrong. It's it's Silly Goose Gaming still. Mm. Hong, Kong. Hong Kong, Silly Goose, Silly Goose Gaming is a lot is a lot a lot of fun to say. I'm just saying,
0: Funky Monkey. You know, let's we'll, we'll put we'll
1: going up on Twitter. Like uh, right. two weeks from now, we'll put it, uh, when, when this episode is supposed to be release, we'll put up a Twitter poll. Say silly goose gaming or funky monkey and if the listeners choose um funky monkey we're no longer friends um so that's what's at stake so what your french will start
0: a spin-off podcast where i i drink whiskey with my friends and we're going to talk about video games and it's going to be a direct competitor to yours and, it, and we're going to have so many more views
1: mm. okay. so, Sorry, to, to competition. quote andrew garfield in and the social network
0: lawyer up asshole <fucked."> Anywho, right. go on with well, Silly Goose Gaming. All right. Well, as Will says, we need cider cite our sources. This, uh, this beautiful summary comes from, uh, you know, it's a bit on the nose, but edithfinch.com. Oh, that's good.
2: To
0: be, so yeah. we're, I'm going to give a little summary about what the game that we played this past month. And so uh, we played What Remains of Edith Finch. So What Remains of Edith Finch is a collection of strange stories about a family in Washington State. As Edith, you explore a colossal house that belonged to the Finches, searching for stories as she explores her family history and tries to figure out why she's the last member of her family still alive. Each story you find lets you experience the life of a new family member on the day of their death, with stories ranging from distant past to present day. The gameplay and, it, play and tone of the stories are as varied as the Finches themselves. The only, the only constants are... That each is played from a first person perspective and that each story ends with the family member set. Ultimately, it's a game about what it feels like to be humbled and astonished by the vast and unknowing world around us. That's a pretty dang good, good summary. It's crazy mm-hmm. what plagiarism gets you in life. I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could write half as well as that, but you know, I'm good with numbers about a third of the time and the other quarter. I can't count to All 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Finch uh, has a uh, score of ten out of ten with an overwhelmingly positive uh, on Steam and an eighty-eight on Metacritic. Yeah, that's So right. it also won Best Narrative at the Games Award in two thousand seven, uh, two thousand seventeen, and it's currently included with PlayStation Plus for its twenty dollars on Steam. So
1: that's all I'm hearing right now is it's a good game. Which it's a good game. It's yeah, pretty absolutely. good. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a story-driven game and. You know that's what we're all about here. So, what remains of Edith Finch? So, we we start out, we we boot up the game, and we start out scene. with yeah. set the scene. We got it. I got I'm, I got a little bit of a descriptions that will kind of help set the scene here. So, we start out on a. Boat you said that seductively. Are you trying to, Are you seducing me? Called it. Called it. So, we start on a, out on a boat where Edith opens a book to begin the story. We jump to Edith walking through a wooded swamp area with a house in the distance. You arrive out a mailbox with past two bills from seven years ago. Edith lived in the house until she was 11, but we are told she wasn't allowed to go into most of the rooms. She hasn't been inside the house since her brother's funeral. There's a lot of mystery behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, brother's funeral?
1: I- yeah, that the whole the whole time, like leading up to him, like what? Why did they leave so fast? Like what
0: happened mm-hmm. here? Like that's what really kept me in the game, for, like for so long. It's like there's a whole lot of just like unanswered questions that you just immediately are mm-hmm. are given. It's like, why is she on a boat? Why is she the only Finch? Why did, what happened to her brother? Mm-hmm. So all that we know is that uh, her mother left Edith a key, hopefully to let her go back to the house and kind of find out the answer for herself. Mm-hmm. So we're traveling through the wooded area. The sounds of frogs and crickets dominate the landscape. Ribbit. As we approach the house, <laughs> as we approach the house, we get a better view of its peculiarities. It looks like what used to be a normal house with mismatched dormers, but a series of slender add-on structures extend up and right, up well past the roofline of the house. So, I got. W- what did you think about the house when you initially uh, saw it? Man, I thought it was
1: just a clusterfuck of an engineer's dream. Truly, it was just. Insane, like why is this house built so crazy? Like it, it made no sense. Why did it look like this? And also, it's in the middle of the woods. I'm jealous of that. That sounds like a pretty sick ass house to go into, was, but also so
0: quiet. So one, one it, it, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, damn right. I go ahead. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say like my expectations for this game were already like surpassed to what I thought this was going to be. I so it's a first person game and everything. I thought this was going to be like. A point and click kind of game. I was like, "This is probably really the best damn point and click game I've ever experienced in my entire life." And we started with this first person. I'm like,
0: oh, "Oh shit, this Wait, is way different. This is different. We're good
1: here."
0: I was like, "Oh my god, oh my lord, yeah." So you know, it, I recommended it. So you know, it's got to be good. Uh, sure, All sure,
1: right. we'll go with that. Sure, that's uh, the jury's out on that one.
0: Yeah, it reminded uh, the uh, the house uh, itself reminded me of uh, something that would come from Lemony Snicket. Remember those books? A series of unfortunate events. A series of unfortunate events, which is very uh, uh, pertinent to this. Is a, there's a whole lot of unfortunate events that happen here. Spoiler. 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 Okay. So,
2: in front oh, of the I house. Music. Huh? I, said, I haven't been doing segment music. Here, was,
1: let me r- rattle off a couple. Boo doo boo. doo 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 doo. Bah. There we go. We can, use, we can edit that. Did you have
0: those written, written out ahead of, ahead of time? Did you? Th- did you think about those? Before? No,
1: no, no, no. Why, why would you ask that? No, no. I, I'm moving around the camera and I realize this, uh, this is an audio-only podcast. <laughs> um, no.
0: <laughs> mm. I In think here. you're the one that needs to be fired.
1: You have too much power. You're, this, is why, this is why I can
0: continue to It's bully. all going to my head. You, you, you told me you I, need I to host bullied. a podcast. So it's all going to my head. Oh, I'm an idiot. So, Anyways, continue on. So in front of the house is is like a swampy pond and there looks like a dragon that looks like it's made out of large paper mache. And that just immediately kind of brings up "Mm, that's that's weird. There's just a whole lot of strangeness going on. So as we enter the house, we get the sense that it's a very well lived in house, a nice kitchen with leftover Chinese takeout containers on the counters. The local Chinese restaurant was the only place that would deliver to the house. So they got that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, cans of salmon, dirty dishes, and old cookware sit alongside the old takeout. It's quiet with no other sounds but the wind and the creaking of the house. There are books stacked on every sur- surface. And this is a comparison that I liked a lot. Edith said, there's nothing particularly wrong with the house, but there's just too much of it. Like a smile with too many teeth. Right. I thought... Mm-hmm. I'd where were we so we just got into the house local chinese restaurant and oh yeah so we were talking about like there's a um uh nothing particularly wrong but there's just too much of it like a smile with too many teeth and it was you you walk into the house there's
1: just things everywhere and it it, it made me think like everyone just kind of got up and went like what happened it's a soul presence like like in either edith talks about how like this is all the the night it happened we just picked up and left I'm like what the fuck happened Did someone
0: get shot did someone die like i was like i had no idea what was going on so also in all the while everything's really messy we find a missing poster for edith's brother milton and you're like well, what happened to his brother why did he go missing so we we get more exposition and we learn uh more about the family so to backtrack a little bit yeah, this is kind of like first person perspective, but throughout this whole time, we're getting a narration from Edith herself. She's, you know, kind of narrating everything. We're getting exposition. You know, I can't just like say everything that she said, but I'm trying to paint a picture about what she was talking about. And so some of these things might be a little wordy, but some of these things can't really be taken out of context because I can't Mm -hmm. say we went from here to here and it sound very stark. There's like, While you're playing the game, it's a natural progression. And so, you know, things kind of progress and everything makes sense. It's a bizarre story, but it's everything makes sense when you kind of take it in context. Yeah.
1: It, like, at first, it's just kind of like, you know, you get this puzzle piece and you're trying to figure, like, figure out where does it
2: fit in with it all. And then, I mean, I yeah, kind of going from there. We can start with,
0: was it, Molly's room? Yes, Molly's room. Yeah. So... We go upstairs and we learn more about the family. The family, the house has uh, had multiple generations living in it. So we go upstairs and you can kind of see each room has been sealed up tight Mm -hmm. with like some sort of foam looking thing around the outside. And you're like, why has it been sealed off? But there's been peepholes drilled (laughs) into each door Mm -hmm. that can actually be peered into. So you can actually go up to each door. So each story that you're going to see and look into the room. And that's very strange that it's a peephole towards the inside. Yeah. And it's also like, why are
1: these rooms barred it up? Like, yes, that uh, is, is, is crazy to me. And the fact that Edith couldn't go into any of the rooms when she was young, I was like, what? the? Fuck? Uh, it's, and once yes. again, just more mystery on top of mystery on top of mystery. Claus mm-hmm. could be doing the game. Get the mystery machine in there. Because it's just another mystery added to it.
0: However, there is one room that is open. There's one door that is cracked. It's a blue empty and has whales painted on the walls. There is a laundry chute looking door and we have uh, with a lock that fits our key. Mm -hmm. So we open and one thing that I like about all these transition doors is that each one kind of opens uniquely. I think in this one you open, maybe not this one, but you open a book and then there's a keyhole inside. It's and so Mm -hmm. there's always unique transition. So we start our first story. So uh, this little secret passageway leads to Molly's room. Edith has never been inside Molly's room because it's been sealed shut by Edith's mom. So who was Molly? Molly would have been Edith's great aunt if she hadn't died at the age of 10. So we begin Molly's story by Edith opening Molly's diary. It shifts to Molly's young voice. So we shift narration from Edith to Molly. This happens very often. She said, uh, she was she had been sent to, to bed and but she was very hungry. She uh, she's just so hungry because she didn't have supper. So she starts by eating her gerbil's food. She can't go to the kitchen because the door is locked. She keeps eating and eating. She eats toothpaste. She eats berries off of a holly decoration in her room. Well, what, one thing to mention, too, was that like she asked her parents,
1: like, can I get some more food? Like, no, sweetie, go back to bed and shut the fuck up. They didn't really say that, but I imagine they—they live in the woods. They probably are like very like loose with their cursing
0: around their kids, right? So, she eats toothpaste. She eats the berries off the holly decoration in the room, and she sees a bird at her window. She opens the window to look at the bird, and the next thing you know, she's a cat. So this is probably one of the more kind of bizarre. This is an
1: acid trip of a like. Yeah, it it seems
0: like it. Just feels like you're on LSD. Like not that, I've ever been on LSD. But it's just kind of it's a it's a it's a Strong one to start on because you're like, what is going on? Because
1: you're on LSD. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really so even more turns- trippier when you're doing math on top of it. Remember because you said I did math? Just once.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a cat and she uh, jumps to a tree that is uh, next to the house. Um, she starts chasing the bird and all she cares about is eating this bird. She makes one big last leap from a great height to get the bird misses. And now we are an owl flying over a snowy field. We kind of transition pretty hard there. We hear a rabbit. We swoop down and eat the rabbit in one bite. Then we become a shark. So we're rolling down a hill, cross a street, and enter the water. We eat a seal, then transition into a tentacle creature on a boat. Man we slither eating around. Octopus. A man-eating octopus? Yeah. I like that. Slithering around, and we eat a drunken sailor singing sea shanties. Did you let him finish his sea shanties? Hell no. Toy? I didn't have time for his bullshit. Didn't I, have I time killed him. So uh, once we eat all the passengers on that boat, So we slither our way back to Molly's room and under her bed, we return to Molly's point of view where she finishes her diary entry, saying she wasn't sure how much longer the monster could wait to eat her. But she knew she would be delicious. What are your thoughts on Molly's story?
1: Uh, Once again, uh, that was an acid trip of a whole story. Going from being a cat, which I'm like, okay, I'm a cat now. This is fine. Then I turn into an owl. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a freaking owl. Then I'm a shark who goes to the water. Then somehow transitions onto a freeway. I get hit by a car. (laughs) And I turn Mm -hmm. into that octopus and everything. It's just just kind of wild. And, you know, it's weird. It's like this goes into the whole, like, this is a child's wonderment and everything. And what like their imagination it goes kind of crazy, you know. It's emphasized in their diary entry. Like, and Edith goes, I wasn't really sure if all that was real." Like, of course not, Edith. What human turns into a fucking owl? This is an animorphs. This is freaking real life in a video game. That's but right. It was just yeah. It, it, I I enjoyed it. It was just it was weird. It was not at all what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, I, story. I remember you you text me after uh you had finished that one and. I have- I think She's like, yeah, yeah, I got to Molly's store. It's like, and it was so weird. And I was like, Just bear with it, bear with it. <laughs> it's not all an LSD trip, I and mean, it's, it's there's a rhyme to the reason. And uh, but how do you think Molly died? Like, oh, the you know, every, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the berries. I, I,
1: I imagine the berries kind of like gave her like this hallucinate who's hallucinate trip. To where she believed she was a cat and everything. Also, the mechanics and the shifting from one animal to the next was like, it felt very smooth and solid up until being the shark. I hated being the shark. I couldn't get it right. But being an owl, very easy. Being a cat, felt like I was being a cat. That's pretty good. Very well mm-hmm. done. You know, applause.
0: Applause. Mm.
1: <laughs> All right, Lady Gaga, thank you. But um, yeah, no, definitely, I think the, the berries is what did her in.
0: Yes, that that's that's exactly what I thought. Everything is a... Uh, so that's what I thought. Everything... Uh, I thought everything, she died because of the, the berries. And just because she ate fake berries that were sitting there, and that's, that's what killed her. Or so, the herbal food. Herbal food? Yeah, that's not good for you. Yeah. So we leave Molly's room through a window and to enter Grandma Edie's room. We learn about Grandma Edie's father, Odin. So I'm going to try to be kind of keep everybody kind of familiar with the family tree and not like just spit off names. So Edie's father... Edie is Edith's grandmother. So Edith's grandmother's father was Odin, and he left Norway with his family and his house on a boat. He took his house across the sea from Norway. Makes sense. The boat boat and the house capsized, and Edie and her husband Sven and Molly survived. Mm -hmm. Odin was buried. We learned Sven was the primary builder of the house, and Sven died making the dragon from earlier. It was supposed to be a slide. Mm. So there's, there's one uh, question answered that I'm glad that they kind of answered that pretty quickly. Uh, I remember the first time I played, I was like, what in the world is this dragon? And I was like, oh, okay. It was just, they're, it, they build things. You know, I don't remember that at all. I, I guess I
1: just kind of, I may have glossed over it and like just trying to get into the house at that point.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I might have gone into the weeds about trying to figure out these little details. So we leave Edie and Sven's room through a somewhat secret passage and enter Calvin and Sam's room. Sam, Edith's grandpa, and his twin brother Calvin, the room is split in half with military memorabilia being on one side and space themes being on the other. And we begin Calvin's story. So we open with a small voice narrating. Time out real quick.
1: Well, you did go into, how do we view Odin's story real quick? Because I know it was like that was kind of like a very...
0: Oh, um, I did skip over that. Yeah, because it
1: it was like with Odin, it was like um, God, was like a viewfinder or whatever, like the little the little slideshow and everything. I know you mm-hmm. mentioned like the slide deck and everything, but that's kind of we get the back. That's how Preston got the backstory and everything. So it's kind of like you know we go from acid trip to a slideshow, a PowerPoint presentation, if you will, yes, old time right. PowerPoint presentation. But just get yeah, I kinda,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I, I kind of that's where we got that information, but I forgot to say that it was kind of like through was uh, the kids. Little, I can't remember what it's called. What's, what's that called? Um, picture looky thingy clicky thingy. Picture looky clicky thingy. Yeah, you know, you don't know what it is, so I'm right. So, do you want me to uh, start back from where I was? No, going to Calvin. We're good here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we begin Calvin's story. We open with a small voice narrating. It is of the brothers, and we're we are the point of view of Calvin. Who is swinging from a tree overlooking an ocean atop a steep rocky hill? Great place. For we a swing. are, huh?
1: It's a great place for a swing.
0: I know, right out, uh, right in front of a steep cliff. We are just simply swinging. Sam says he thinks Calvin had always wanted to fly. We swing higher and higher. Using the left and right joysticks to pump Calvin's legs. I like that little detail. You kind of pump his legs with the left and right joysticks.
1: Yeah, it, it's fun when you don't when you realize you have to use both sticks. I'm just using one. I'm like, yeah, he's just anywhere. Flicking, <laughs> flicking
0: one it's leg like, back. Oh, <laughs> no, I okay. Two. Apparently, it's so, smart for the
1: average fifth grader, not for Wilson Lester.
2: That's right.
0: So the mother calls that dinner is ready. Calvin swings higher and higher. Sam says swinging all the way around has always been impossible. Swing around the entire mm-hmm. limb of the tree determine Calvin swings higher eventually he makes it all the way around completing the circle he swings faster and faster until he loses all control and launches out into sea he finally got his wish to fly yeah no <laughs> that was more it was supposed to be more dramatic than like yeah what you what yeah. you think of Calvin's story fuck man it's,
1: just, it's very short lived much like Calvin's life and everything but just the, <laughs> see, like I just it, it was just you know the swinging everything how he's like just pumping and, like I'm like okay let's get let's get around let's get around then you just go out into the sea I'm like ah he's not drop oh maybe he did fly away or maybe he didn't go crashing to the sea and onto the very sharp rocks where all the the sharks and everything could get him I don't know if sharks are in that area but I gonna believe they are you guys you know it was my gaming experience but yeah. yes uh, no I thought oh that was a that was very
0: interesting, and like in terms of like what all happened there. Yeah, Calvin's story is one of my favorites, just because it's so simple uh, and sweet, and it's very kind of ominous. Like, mm-hmm. you know he he was kind of swinging around. You know, all these stories are very exaggerated, but the, the delivery of it was like the the wild part. It's like
1: it made it seem like you, you know you said it's, like, it's ominous and it's very sad and what happens, but it's like, and then he finally got able to fly. It's like okay, fly means, fly, means, yeah. <laughs> fly means death in this situation. We're just not
0: like we're gonna ignore that part. It's whatever. Yeah, they, they kind of have like a tone of he finally got his wish to fly. Don't and- death. <laughs> 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 From Calvin and Sam's room, we enter a secret passage. So this a secret passage passages are kind of a common theme throughout the yeah. entire house. The the original, I think Sven was the guy that built primary builder of the house, and he really liked having secret passages. So there's secret passages everywhere. He's a freak. We leave the twins room through yet another cleverly disguised passage and enter Barbara's room. It is filled with pink colors and childhood star memorabilia. Movie posters galore. We get the impression that she was a scream queen. Featured prominently is a poster of My Friend Bigfoot, we pick up a comic book labeled Dreadful Deaths. She was a scream queen as a kid, but at the age of 16, her scream had not aged well. We hear a scream coming from the distance. It's her Sven. We learn that the key to We learn that the key to the locked basement is hidden inside a music box right outside the door. The trick is to wind and wind and wind the dial until the key is revealed. As we enter the basement, Friday the 13th, music is playing.
2: That's Halloween.
0: As we enter the basement, <laughs> Halloween music is playing.
1: Thanks, babe. Watch a movie or something. <laughs> I thought it was Friday.
0: What's, what's Friday the 13th? I don't know. if There is a Friday the 13th. There's surely there. Keep going. I'll look it up. As we enter the basement, Halloween music is playing. We are warned of a hook-armed murderer is on the loose over the 20s-sounding radio. The hash-slinging slasher. Hash-slinging slasher. The sash
1: singing. The, the rash sash-
0: singing. Say, say that five times fast once you've gotten a few of these beers in you. <laughs> we creep through the basement only to find Barbara's boyfriend jump out and scare us. We hear Barbara's brother, Walter, call out for help. We go to investigate, but Walter is gone. We go, we see a silhouette appear behind Barbara with a hook for a hand. We fight off the hooker, slamming the door in his face, escaping Walter's room through a secret passage to Molly's room. Go figure. You called him a hooker? I called him a hooker. Are you Are you, Are you? you shaming sex workers right now? <laughs> they're murderers? I'm not shaming anybody. He's, he's, he's just a little hooker. Opening Molly's room reveals the hook-armed man beating on Walter's door. We sneak around. We sneak attack him, and he falls... So we got to the part where Barbara hits him with the crutch. Remember, hits him got, with the the crutch.
1: Cr- got the crutches and everything. And I believe I uh, feel in the gaps for me. I believe that's
0: when he like sees her and she runs back into Walter's room. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Runs back into Walter's room. Walter is underneath the bed, kind of seeing everything, but she fights him off and he falls over the banister and lands onto the uh, living room floor. Mm -hmm. So we go around to investigate where he went, but or where he is, but he vanished. Which is like I don't
1: know about you, but this whole time like is very creepy and ominous. Like even though it was like in the very like the the, this story was like in a cell shade like comic book and everything, I was on edge the
0: entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because especially uh, when you go when you go around to find him, he's not there, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the doorbell rings. We go to answer the door. And there's uh, more figures. Well, I think
1: that's later because I, I remember that we like, you go down there and he's not there. And then at some point, we go down to the basement. Do we ever get through the basement?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, shit. My bad. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. <laughs> you're going to have <laughs> yeah, a hard right. time you're... editing this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when we go to the, like you say, we go to the door. So we go to the door. And as we go to answer the door, more f- figures start appearing behind us. It's the hook man along with other classic horror movie villains, and at first the villains say surprise as if they're throwing her a party, but their smiles turn to sneers. Barbara then gives a scream of her lifetime. All the monsters left behind was her ear. Walter is later found hiding under his bed. He had witnessed it all. Barbara just wanted to be remembered. Maybe this comic book was just that. Thoughts on Barbara's story.
1: Man, this was probably my favorite. I liked everything about this because one thing you, know, you got the horror aspect and it made me feel something like i felt like i was scared I, uh, yeah i'll I say i was scared I was, I was a little little baby boy about it because it was just the the tone of it and the music I'm like yeah, i don't really know what's gonna happen next and it's the i also love the art in it the cell shading and everything and the controls felt really good it was just I, I thought it was a very great way of like incorporating Barbara's story, but telling it from a comic book perspective, especially at the end where she thinks like it's her fans and when she's getting murdered and everything, she's like, oh, I'm surrounded by my friends. It's kind of like this like euphoric moment for her. It's like, I did it, I achieved it, I got my good scream when really she got fucking murdered and Walter and her ear got was wrecked. left behind. I remember the 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 note I had in there was like, uh Fuck the, the ear, the ear. Why are they leaving the ear? Why they are so leave the ear? I still have no idea why they only left the ear. Uh, uh, that's a call sign. The the ear murdering gang the hooker only leaves the ear. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't mess with hookers. Yeah, you got me with the meth thing. I'll get you the hooker. <laughs> <thing on this laughs> oh, like,
0: no, don't make that my thing. Call
1: back, call back. <laughs> but no, I, I very much enjoyed, um, I enjoyed that story a lot. I, I really like
0: Barbara's story for sure. Yeah, I really liked, like, the the whole style was kind of showed in like the story of a mm-hmm. comic book it's like yeah. the style of a comic book so you kind of go from section to section and kind of like you're reading a comic book yeah that's what that was that's pretty cool, cool part about it for sure all right so inside the comic book we figure out that the secret to opening the basement which was previously locked mm-hmm. is just go to the music box and just wind 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 wind, wind until a little key pops out so we go downstairs, and we see storage. It's, it's like a storage and a woodworking shop, and it belonged to Sven. Uh, Edith says she remembers Edie carrying boxes down to the basement. She thought that they were boxes that they were trying to hide, but Edie was hiding much more than that.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, through oh yeah. <laughs> a, yeah.
0: Through a trapdoor disguised as a refrigerator, uh, we begin Walter's story. I, thought, I, th- I really like that portion of it where you figure out where to go next, Mm-hmm. based on the previous story. That was a really cool figure out-
1: Yeah. That was a great component to add into there. It's like, oh crap, we could have done this a long time ago. But we just like it's just that one missing aspect. So I'm pretty sure I, I messed with the, the music box at first, but I didn't keep going. So I was like, okay,
0: well you know fuck this thing. I'm gonna go explore everything else. So Walter. So Walter is the uh the kid that was hiding underneath the base or underneath the floor or underneath the bed. The, the Third coward. times of charm. The uh, bitch. And so uh, Edith had always asked Edie where Walter had gone. She said that after Barbara died, he got as far away as possible. The secret passage leads to a tunnel. And at the end are boxes and boxes of canned goods and cereal. So we enter Walter's story. And it's like. The whole time it, it's
1: it's him in a bunker, which it, to me is like it's like a 1940s, like bunker kind of style, like uh, prepping for the apocalypse, like doomsday preppers.
0: That's right. Yeah. And every day is the same for him. He opens up a can of peaches and, and eats them. And so the, the whole story kind of progresses by day to day. He's opening a can of peaches, eating them, and while he's narrating a story. But yeah. one day he gets he is kind of tired of it all. and says, I want to go see what's out there. So he goes down. He goes down through a little trap door and he goes mm-hmm. out and he finally goes outside. Sees it's the been world. like 30 years. And you open up and you see uh, train tracks. And so he goes and starts following down train tracks. And then he says, I'm just going to go and I'm going to go see the sun. Turns out the sun is a uh, train that is going <laughs> down on. <He laughs> and
1: go, Choo-choo, motherfucker. you the train engine. <laughs> Choo-choo, motherfucker. You, mother- you decide to leave? Sucks. <laughs> you're going to leave. Life <laughs> is what you're doing. <laughs> Fuck you, Walter. You coward. <laughs> no, that was... a. Uh, it was that was the most that was a very interesting one because it was kind of like a um, like a like a huge twist like oh fuck Walter, he didn't leave he stayed there the entire time and he was a uh, thing for me he was he was safe the entire time like he you know, like you know he played it safe he's like I'm not gonna fucking get killed by whoever killed Barbara I'm gonna stay here and then he got a little too brave if you asked me a little too much and he was like I want to go see the world and that world was the face of a train which <laughs> smashed
0: him. Smashed.
1: So, you already talked about it, kind of your. Yeah, no, it's uh, Walter. That was, it was really, I liked it. I, the one thing I liked about these stories and it recurs throughout is just like it's all different like styles and perspective, obviously, different perspectives, but the style is just really cool. Especially when you go from like, you know, self shade comic book style to this is like you're in a bunker and it's just like it's him, Shawshank Redemption getting his ass out of that.
0: It was just uh, so so bizarre that he was just there for like. Thirty years underneath the house, and nobody knew nobody. besides besides Edie, who was yeah. Edith's Edith's gran- grandmother
1: fucking encouraging him just to be like a just stay 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 here, stay here and then it's like one thing i didn't I didn't get is like how did people discover that he died? like did they not have any questions? like it seems like Edith's like, what the fuck is this? like when she discovered his like his, uh, his bunker and everything, I, I thought it was like how did how did the people not know
0: what's going on in this damn house? Too much it's to it. Too much. So after Walter's uh house, we go down to we retrace his steps, we find the train tracks, no train comes for us, and we go mm-hmm. down towards the beach, and we kind of see a kind of a little beacon in the distance, and we're like, What is that? So we mm-hmm. go down towards the beach and we kind of get a better look of what's in the distance, and we get a little bit of narration on that. That is the old house that Odin Crashed whenever he was traveling from Norway, and it's just all the way out there, but they put a beacon on it. And so you can actually see it out in the distance. Still made no sense why that man put a whole ass house on a ship. I don't get it. Just build a new house, my man. It seems like it'd be just be easier to build a new house and to or transport rent. it like that. Yeah, you know?
1: rent. Sure, it's the 1800s, but I'm sure they had renters
0: at that point. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we, we see the beach, and there's some uh, debris that's down there. And so we climb up a, a set of stairs and we, we see the Finch graveyard. We initially see a bunch of big pet cemetery, which reminded me of something from Stephen King. Pet cemetery? The, yeah. Pet cemetery. Literally. <laughs> that pet cemetery uh, reminded me of pet cemetery. A <laughs> little on the nose, but uh, the pet cemetery is the first thing we see. And then we see the gravestones of all the, the people that we've seen so far. So we've We see the gravestone of Molly, Calvin, and all those that we've already seen. So we we go up, and we get a better picture of the house, and we get more dialogue about, yeah, this is the house. And so we backtrack, and we start heading back towards the house. Mm -hmm. And Edith climbs a tree to get over to the house, and she says, you know, this would be a whole lot easier if I wasn't 22 weeks pregnant.
1: First off, as someone who just became a father, what a dumb
0: fucking. Bitch, to be doing that, climbing a tree. She's doing too much effort.
1: Just doing too much effort. I know there's like a study revealed that women who are pregnant can like actually lift heavy things, but what happens if you fall, Edith? I I don't care if you can lift yourself up and climb this damn tree. What happens if you fall? That's two fatalities in Mortal Kombat right there.
2: That's right. fatalities? That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was just—I just I, I saw just I was like, "Is this foreshadowing?" Is my 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 girl Edith? Is she gonna die? I guess she deserves it, just like her dumbass family. I'm I'm bitter about these motherfuckers right now. Press
0: Easy. T- tell tell me how you really feel about it. They're idiots. That's all I can
1: say about that. <laughs> but anywho, she climbs, and re- it's revealed that she's pregnant and
0: whatnot. That's right. So the uh, next story we hear is from sam so we we enter uh, the house again through a sliding glass door mm-hmm. and it's sam so it's um grandpa sam who is edith's oh. mother's dad so her yes. grandpa yes her grandpa yes. so it's uh we enter a room that has a lot of hunting memorabilia and you know he's a hunter camper just an outdoorsman we get is that impression. marine he's a marine, marine?
1: Yep. Hey. and a marine yeah, because after Calvin's death, he couldn't bear with it. So he just he went to the Marines, he joined the army.
0: Nice. Anyway. So yeah. we uh pick up a little storybook that uh goes into detail about a hunting hunting slash trip camping trip that Don, who is Edith's mother, mm-hmm. took with his father her father. Right. So they we kind of go through like a picture book of from the perspective of Don and Sam taking pictures of Jeffrey Dahmer. Like Jeffrey <laughs> Dahmer. So we take various pictures, and once we take pictures of the correct thing, we get more exposition about what's going on. So it's just Don and Sam mm-hmm. going on a camping trip, and they're hunting a buck. And so they are hunting a buck, and we're taking buck 50.
2: Yeah, that's how much it costs. Yeah. get the film developed.
0: So we uh, finally are taking pictures, and we spot a buck in the distance, and hmm. Don is supposed to shoot it. So they finally shoot it, uh, don does not want to shoot it mm-hmm. so when they go to inspect the buck finally comes alive and sam gets fucked off yeeted
2: he yeeted off the, off the cliff
0: <laughs> my favorite part about that was like don's
1: go dad i think he's still alive It's like nah shut up honey you don't know what you're talking about then oh barely she did <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> that so i don't know about you but that caught me by surprise i was like i one wanted this like jaw dropping moment i was like Oh my God, I was like,
0: I couldn't believe what happened. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. But throughout that story, I was like, what the hell do I take a picture of? <laughs> like, I was like sitting there, just it's like, you're supposed to take a picture of something specific <laughs> so you can move the story along. And I was like, I don't know what to take a picture of. The so, best
1: part is like, when you don't take the picture, right? It's like, would you hurry up and take the picture? I'm like, I'm
2: trying,
0: Grandpa. I'm trying. I don't know
2: what you want me to take a picture of. <laughs>
0: All right. So what'd you, what'd you think about uh, Sam's story?
1: I liked it. I like the, the the change in gameplay. Um, you know, you've had this first person perspective a lot, kind of going from point A to point B, or doing point or doing point A and doing point B. That's not sexual. Anywho, um, just like taking the pictures and everything. It's like, oh, this is different. I like this. This is kind of calming and nice. It kind of lured me in. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this nice sense of calmness and everything. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I didn't understand like the curse and everything associated with the Finch family. It's 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 Hamlet. Everybody going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it gets to the part where he gets yeeted off the cliff, I'm like, ah, everyone dies. That's the curse. Starting starting
0: to click. Everybody dies.
1: but uh, I should have picked up on this a long time ago. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But no, it's uh, I, that was probably my second favorite. I, I liked because you had this like nice. Father daughter moment is very humanized. Like, you know, Dawn is like, you know, I don't want to kill him. And they're like, boo hoo, crying after they, uh, after she shot the buck and everything. And then the turn of it, the twist at the end, I was like, Jesus,
0: good God. Like, what happened here? What do you think of it? I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite stories mm-hmm. too. It's, you know, it's just kind of quaint and quiet, just recollecting about a, a, a nice daughter father hunting trip. But, you know, Dawn was a little, Preston about going on it, but then being a bitch, <laughs> he got yeah. yeeted off the cliff. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> oh, let's let's get to the sad. Let's get to the sad story, Preston.
0: Yeah, just... this this one this one's pretty rough. And I thought this one uh this one might have hit you a little hard, unnecessary, in my opinion, unnecessarily probably. hard. So... so we leave Sam's room through yet another secret passage, mm-hmm. and we enter Gregory's and see Gregory, dawn
1: and who the
0: fuck else is mohawk boy uh uh gus mohawk boy yeah gus mohawk gus (laughs) gus for the third time gus (laughs) (laughs) so it's a room shared with gregory uh dawn and gus and Mm -hmm. so it it initially kind of looks more like a nursery but inside and with a crib inside it And that's all the first thing you really see. You don't Mm -hmm. really notice that it's shared until later. Yeah. But on top of the pillow inside the uh, crib is a divorce contract between Sam and Kay. Sam is the one that just died. Mm -hmm. And so it's a divorce between uh, uh, them. And so we get the perspective of Gregory. So we open up with, it's kind of Sam narrating uh, like an apology letter slash it's not your fault letter to kind of more seemingly towards Gregory his, yeah. his newborn son and it's a we, we shift to the perspective of Gregory who's in a bath alone and he's just sitting there playing with his imagination he's got rubber ducks around him he's, he's got telekinesis telekinesis making uh, all the, these things move
1: a psychic baby that's right has a degree in psychology I can pay off Psych. see what I did there
0: <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm a dad eat shit <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's playing with his toys and the uh, rubber ducks are following, the, following him wherever he goes and so we're just kind of playing and we um, eventually take over, take over the frog and we're kind of knocking toys off of the walls of the tub and we're knocking more toys in and in and in and eventually, it's time for him to wash up. So his mom comes in and says, "All right, it's time to wash up." And then all of a sudden, she gets a call from mm-hmm. Sam. They're recent; they're going through a divorce. And so she says, "Oh, I don't want, I don't want Gregory to hear this." So she steps away and to argue with Sam. And he takes over the imaginary frog again, and he turns on the water. <sighs> the tub fills and fills and fills until it eventually engulfs us and the next perspective we get is we're in the first person perspective of the frog who is we are trying to go unstopper tub and the last thing we see is him unstoppering the tub and we kind of get we get Sam saying you know Gregory it's not your fault that that happened but you know I hope you're doing well so how how did that that hit you fuck that story (laughs) fuck it (laughs) I, I, this is the word I've seeing seen
1: it. Like, I just go, oh no, because I picked up on the curse and everything. I was like, why do they have to bring a baby into this? My, my, my boy is a little a week old, 11 days. I'm just, no, not 11 days, 11 days. And I'm just like, God dang it. This is the worst thing that could happen to me right now. And it's just like the leading into it. I was like, this is sad. This is so sad. And the mom is being a dumb bitch and everything and not paying attention. First off, we don't leave a god dang baby in a bathtub by itself. It's just like, God dang it. And then on the part when he goes underwater, I was like, it's beautiful. And it's like Gregory doing it like what he wants to do last and everything. And just <sighs> Oh God. It really that that's like my heartstrings a lot. That was probably my uh, least least favorite because it hit too close to home. It hit
0: it hit a little too close to home. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I thought it was a it was a unique way to tell a story, but it's just it was it was very sad. I remember I had trouble like figuring out the first time I played what I needed to jump the frog on. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause there's like a, a blue whale that comes yeah. in. You have to double jump off that to go hit the the toy soldiers that are up on the top. I mean like, Oh my gosh, what do I need to hit in next? But yeah, I felt, felt really bad. And it was just yeah. like, Sam, you get the impression that he was a really good guy. He didn't, he's like, I don't, I don't blame you. And you know, I don't, he, he didn't blame Kay. Moment, it was just, yeah. It was just like, it, accidents happen kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it was really sad. Yeah. So, uh, inside Gregory's room is a fake rock wall that you climb up to a loft to where Don would uh, hang out. And I thought that was one of the coolest things to have inside of a room is, a, is like a little rock wall that goes up pretty high.
1: I've already got my rock wall installed in my house. Do you?
0: No. Do you have a rock wall?
1: Yeah. In my one-story house, absolutely.
0: Yeah, my, my ceilings are nine foot tall. I can't go very high. <laughs> Preston, I'm six foot seven. I can't go very high. <laughs> <laughs> you can touch the ceiling of my roof, the, the, the ceiling. So we go up into the loft, and that's where Dawn would hang out. And we get a little bit more exposition about how Dawn met her uh, husband, SJ, who was Edith's father. She went uh, After her two brothers died, she went over to India, where she would build houses. I guess she inherited that from Sven. And there she met his dad, uh, SJ. So there's also, on top of the loft, there's a fire pole that you can slide back down to go into the room, which I thought was cool. That is just a cool room. So after that, we see, I think you could kind of do this in different steps, uh, but you uh, we go into Gus's story, the Mohawk bro.
1: Mm-hmm. Rebel without a cause.
0: Rebel without a cause. And uh, it opens up, Gus's story opens up with uh, what kind of looks like Sam's, where he was Sam was marrying a uh, stepmom, and it was kind of Gus flying a kite over the Mm -hmm. entire wedding venue. And, you know, there's a a little poem that is being read off by Don, who is his mother. That's kind of a poem to Gus. And you kind of get the impression that Gus was a little shit, and he didn't really, he was just a wild child. He didn't really care what anybody told him. And he's just flying kite, and you kind of you start playing a game of snake. You kind of start picking up little objects, mm-hmm. and you just kind of nonchalantly uh, picking things up. And as you fly the kite, the tail of the kite gets longer and longer as you pick up more things. And Gus's uh, Sam says, "Come here," and Gus gives him the finger. It's, you know, classic. Rebel without cause. Yeah, classic Gus. Little shithead. Yeah, classic Gus. <laughs> classic. <laughs> So we're picking up more, th- more and more things, and there's a storm that starts brewing. And as the storm starts brewing, it starts kicking up more and more things, and the kite starts getting more and more of a tail. And we're swooping around, knocking things over, and we eventually knock over the uh, like the wedding party tent. And then the tent, with a combination of the kite and the storm, flies up and uh, seemingly fakes Gus out. And kind of from the first-person perspective, the kite or the tent comes in just... Whoop, Smacks him, fucking yeets him, yeets him, probably yeets him off the cliff, just like ye- Calvin.
1: Ye- yeah, yeah, everyone gets yeeted off a cliff in life. um yes. His was just like, geez, what a freaking story. Because it was like, it goes into that whole thing. That I keep saying, is like this child's man It's like, oh, look at this. Guy. Like the way they did that whole story is like with the subtitles and everything, and the words forming these wind, uh, not turbine cycles and everything, turning more and kind of causing more and more chaos. And then it was a bam yeeted out of existence.
0: It was an okay story to me. It was an okay story I, for me. I liked it. It was it was a it was middle to higher. I, I like that one. I kind of like it, it was. The
1: yeah, It was a short one. I was like, okay, good. I didn't I didn't really care for Gus. He's a rebel without a cause, he probably smoked cigarettes at the age of four. Not my kind of lifestyle. I'm good. I'm good. Probably
2: better off with him dead. That's right. Okay. Oh, so. <laughs>
0: Anywho. <laughs> so after Gus, we go kind of, we climb back up the rock wall and we mm-hmm. exit the room through a window and we go up the, and we're starting to see the little structure that was built on kind of goes up and right. That kind of reminded you more of Lemony Snicket or a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. And we go up and we see what looks like a classroom that where Edith and Lewis seem to be homeschooled. And it seemed like everything's pretty well organized and it was Don was the teacher. You know, everything's well organized. Seems like they had a strict schedule and she was actually doing a good job teaching. And the next story is pretty short. After we kind of get some exposition about the classroom, we we exit that room and we uh, cross a short bridge, which they referred to as Milton's castle. Mm -hmm. Milton is one that went missing. And so we we cross that bridge and we enter his little castle and we see a little flip book. And we open the flip book, and it's just kind of an illustration of showing that Milton was very artsy, and he's kind of going through. He's painting a. It's a flip book of him painting a picture, and the picture sneezes, and he, um, you know, reacts to it, and it's just kind of demonstrating he was he was more of the creative type. Yeah. And as we uh, are exiting the castle, Edith says, uh, "Whatever Milton." Oh, and we get the that after Milton went missing, you know. Edith looked for him for months, um, but after she couldn't find him, that's when she sealed up all the doors. And to to quote Dawn, Edith, Don looked for it. Oh yeah, I, yeah, Don, yeah, Don. And to quote Edith, uh, whatever Milton found in the house, she did not want it getting out. It, with that, i was just like, who wrote the freaking flip book?
1: What? Ha- I I still have so many questions about what the frick happened to Milton. I need to know. Because mm-hmm. he just went missing, it's like okay, so he's probably still alive for all we know. But I guess like the assumption is like he died because obviously Don knows something and she's not gonna fucking tell us because Don's a little bitch I won't tell shit to anybody. But um, that was a very short one. My biggest question is who wrote the who 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 drew the flip book? Did a ghost do it? Is that is the game haunted? Uh, if so, it's a horror mystery game where the house is haunted. At this point, um, wouldn't be surprised. It, one put it past him. No, absolutely not. No, change in genre mid-game. You know, who, who would ever do that? Not me. Not I, Because I'm not a game developer. But it just, I wasn't, I don't know what the words I'm looking for. It just kind of seemed like a toss away. It's like, oh yeah, he's missing. Here, here, Here's a little thing to explain yeah. what happened to him. And it doesn't explain anything. I'm like, this man is still missing. We're just going to write a flip book about him. He's a cartoon in the game of life. This is ridiculous. Milton deserved better. Justice for Milton.
0: <laughs> Justice for Milton. Yeah, it was probably not. It's just it's just kind of a throwaway. Yeah, yeah. Milton went missing. Yeah, it was like yeah.
1: Odin's like little viewfinder thing. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care for that. It seemed like it was like oh, it's a plot point. It's like here's how all this got here. Cool. Mm-hmm. Here's how Milton went missing. I didn't learn anything. I learned more from Odin. In, in fact, Milton's story is probably my least favorite at this point. It's it's worse than Gregory. That's what I have to say
0: about that. Ooh, strong feeling. Yeah, big time. All right. <clears throat> so after we leave, uh, we leave Milton's little castle. And we go up and we learn more about Lewis. So we go up to Lewis's room and Lewis's room is a freaking boat. Sick ass room. Honestly, it's, I I, it's I, I le- awesome room.
1: I left a note in there. It's like my man does drugs and he chills on a boat. This is the fucking sickest
0: thing any yes. teenager could do. She uh, we we entered the uh, the boat room, boathouse room. And how do they get the boat up there? My question.
2: You know, that's a good question.
1: There's no way this family has like money to like crane lift it unless they built the boat. Now they are a family of carpenters, so they probably built a boat and put it in a tree. Makes no sense why you would put it in a tree. Boats belong on the water, in my opinion. That goes the whole thing. Whatever floats your boat. In this case, trees floated their boat. <laughs> this family's a bunch of
0: dumbasses. That's the reoccurring thing. This family's stupid. A bunch of morons. So Uh, We get a little bit more exposition that uh, Edith says um, uh, that Lewis's room smells very, very familiar with kind of hippie posters uh, lining the walls. And there's a, you know, pot poster up there, too. And she uh, she also uh, recollects how they both played video games together. But Lewis was surprisingly bad Fucking
1: loser as a video game podcaster. What a fucking loser.
0: No, get good. Get good, nerd. There's also a bong in the middle of the room, so it kind of, kind of get the yeah, for yeah, just the ones, just the one, Beth, only one. So find a letter that is from Lewis's psychiatrist. You mm-hmm. kind of get the impression that Lewis was not doing well mentally. Yeah. No. And so there's a letter from his psychiatrist, kind of more addressed to his mom, Dawn. And it says that he's been doing better. and He was able to land employment at a canning factory. And we shift to Lewis's perspective at a canning factory. He's at a table and fish is coming in from the left side of the table and he has to go use a guillotine style cutter to chop off the fish's head and then he Mm -hmm. sends it on its way. And you kind of do this kind of monotonous. It's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is, this is my favorite story. Um, Use the right stick to get the fish over, guillotine its head off and then shift, shift it away. Mm -hmm. And you start to learn more that uh, uh, Lewis's imagination would tend to get get the best of him and he would start daydreaming. So while you're doing this monotonous thing, you kind of get into a groove of doing it a little like a little imagination cloud appears Mm -hmm. and he starts to think that he's the kind of the king of his own castle. And so we kind of from this little imagination cloud, it takes up about a quarter of the screen while he's still doing his thing, we use the left stick to navigate this character through a little labyrinth. And we're just kind of, he's just daydreaming, going Mm -hmm. through a labyrinth, making up his own story. And, you know, so we're kind of using the left stick and right stick to control this whole thing. And eventually that daydream starts to take over more and more. And while he's doing this monotonous thing, the the daydream cloud kind of starts to take over about half the screen. And so he starts to become a king. And so he's the king of his own kingdom. There's, there's musicians, there's artists, and everybody loves him. He's, he's, he's a very peaceful ruler. And so we kind of are using Lestick to navigate through a kingdom of uh, people that love him, and we're starting to go up. And then uh, we kind of get the impression that at one point, Lewis's mother tried to get him to come home, and he was just so caught up in his own daydream that he completely disassociated from everybody. Mm. And, you know, he was in his own daydream. And as he was coming more and more of a, a ruler. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was
1: like, it, it, the more he worked at the, the cannery and everything, the more and more he got involved with his, his daydreams and everything to where the point, like his, like his daydreams prioritized more than his job at the cannery and his real life in general. Cause like you were saying, you had the, like they had that little bubble, that thought bubble, of the daydream while he was working and everything you kind of had to, you, utilize those mechanics at the same time it just grew bigger to where you were only focusing on the daydream and it's kind of showed that like he just got lost in his own world essentially and it led to his own like i guess demise if that makes sense because he just you know, he, he struggled greatly with his mental health and that was one thing I, I i i like you i really enjoyed this story too just because of the way they did it, the the gameplay and everything, and the whole overall message behind it. Like, he got lost in his own world, and to the point, like, he couldn't be this king, couldn't be this ruler. He was just stuck at a cannery. You get that out of body experience, too, because at w- some point, you go in the story, like, you got this first person of King Lewis, and you see Cannery Lewis, and you kind of walk by and you keep on going to the coronation and everything. Mm-hmm. And
0: so you go up to, you're starting to, Go to the coronation where he's going to become the the peaceful ruler of his entire kingdom. Mm -hmm. And as you're going up to his coronation, you see like a little guillotine structure with your uh, handsome queen or your pretty prince that you selected. And they're there sitting, holding the crown. And all you have to do is put your head down through the guillotine to be crowned. And the next thing you know is you hear a... It's just... That was such a good
1: story. It's so, like, st- uh, Gregory is sad. This one was just as sad, if not, I don't know, baby, baby dying versus, like, Lewis dying is a little bit, you know, it's kind of hard to to judge. I don't want to judge people on death. This is making me look like an asshole. But Lewis's death was just, it is tragic in a sense, and in which he felt he was stuck. He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't live out his dreams of being a king and all that kind of bullshit. And it's just, when you go up there and you see, like, I don't know what at what point it changes, but you see the guillotine. And I'm just like, God dang it! And then he just dies, and it's just it, it it's heart wrenching to know like he tried to get help. I thought his therapist was fucking useless. Encouraged him to go into yeah. that whole fantasy world and everything. She even notes like you know, he just can't kind of keeps mentioning this like his whole wor- vision of reality was diluted at this point to where he was like, Oh, I'm king of the castle and everything, and oh sad sad to see it there's like like all the deaths in this game sad you hate to hear it you hate to see it it's just sad
0: yep one one quote that i that i like that i highlighted was lewis says my imagination is more real than my body so he's completely engulfed in this daydream that he has and he has complete control over this daydream it's almost like he it's like a lucid dream to him i mean have you ever had a lucid dream
1: no, I'm not smart enough to do that. Having a doctor does not guarantee that you're smart in everything. Um, yeah, that was a huge flex on my part. I have a doctorate. Call me Dr. Lester, please. For the love of God. Preston, please, I need to hear it. Please. No one said it to me lately. I've been at home. My wife won't acknowledge it. Please say Dr. Lester. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought you were going to call me at least Dr. Bitch or something like that. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's just tragic. Tragic to see what happens. You know, we need to. It kind of, like, emphasized, like, we need to check on our, our people every now and then. Make sure, you
0: know, are you good? Preston, are you good?
1: I okay. don't give a shit. Thank you for talking.
0: I'm medicated, so I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry for saying I don't give a shit. I'm so sorry. I did it because I have to bully you because you'll leave me one day. I can't let that happen. <laughs> I'm going to drink now. Anywho, Lewis died. Louis died, died. And cool.
0: it, it's it. It, it, this, this was one of my favorite stories just because I really like the mechanic of using the left and right stick to kind of do things at the same time. And you kind of see this kind of... Anyway, I really like how to use the left and right stick and then also how the thought bubble, the imagination bubble kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. as his daydream kind of becomes more and more real. Yeah. So, leaving Lewis's story, we get out of that and on top of Lewis's uh, room is Edith's room. And from there, everything kind of escalates pretty quickly. We go from here to the end of the story very quick. So we go into Edith's room and we pick up a journal that she had written when she was a kid. And we start recollecting the night that they left. And it was basically after Lewis's funeral. They had to they had to leave. Like yeah. it was Edith's mom. They, they, they just had to leave. But Edie, the grandmother, did not want them to leave, so they're having just a nice, quiet dinner there at the for the last, like a little last supper. But then Edie had what had a had a glass of wine. She had she had some. Then she had some medications that alcohol could not interact with. Feeling really good at this point. Yeah, she's feeling real good. So she says, Edith, why don't you leave the room? Me and the adults need, me and the adult need to argue for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, okay. So they she leaves, but of course there's a secret passage, and she goes back and she hears a little bit more about what's going on.
2: Yeah.
0: But she also finds a little storybook that that has one last story about Edie wanted her to know. But as she's getting to the, the meat and potatoes of that story, Don comes in and kind of rips that book book away.
1: She said, nah, bitch. Now, you ain't gonna learn
0: the truth. So after that, they have to leave immediately. So they all get in the car. You know, the argument came to a head. They have to, they, they got to go. So the last image we see from the, the house is Edith looking over and seeing Edie uh, saying bye to Edie as she's standing on the porch. And that was the last time she ever saw her.
2: that, and that comes, bitch disappeared.
0: No, nah, she died that night. Oh, she died? She died. I thought she just disappeared. Nah, what she, do you mean the, she died? What? What, well, when the nursing home came to get her. The next day, because that was the whole thing. It's like, oh, the nursing home's going to come get you. You're going go yeah. to go to a home. I guess that alcohol and the medications. She she was found dead. Oh my god, I'm so
2: stupid.
1: I thought she just like she just left the property. She just nope. disappeared. God, Not bad. She just went rogue. <laughs> he went Rambo into the woods.
0: That's right.
2: I'm <laughs> so stupid.
0: Fuck. Damn it. Continue on. Continue on. God, dang it. So now Idiot. we're at the we're at the the very end of the story. This is the last little sequence. <laughs> <laughs> getting so, at this part. What is what huh? is this part? What is this part? You're giggling at. So we're kind of so we we get to the next part and Edith's mom, Don. So then we learned that Edith's mom was starting to get sick and she got sicker and sicker. She got better, but then she eventually succumbed to her sickness. Um, then all that remained was Edith. And so we started to get some narration from Edith where she's saying, Well, you know, I'm I'm really writing all this down in a journal for you, just in case uh, you know, I really want to tell you all this stuff in person, but if you're hearing this from me or if you're hearing this from the journal, then things didn't go my way. And while all this is going on, you're kind of look like you're kind of floating in a liquid, and then you start going down towards a tube. Mm-hmm. With an uh, opening at the end. And you're kind of going down, <laughs> down, down. And while you're going down this tube with an opening at the end, you're getting that that her child was born. Yeah. <laughs> so you're there's this child going down through. Straight through the, the vagina. Vag- <laughs> the vaginal canal. Yeah, no C-section here. <laughs> and so you hear that if you're reading this, then I didn't make it. And so this the game ends... With Edith's son holding flowers over her mother's grave that is at the old Finch graveyard. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that last scene, especially that little birth scene?
1: I, didn't, I honestly I didn't think much of it. I just thought I was like, okay, we're at the end. <laughs> this is the end of the game at this point. Um, the birth is kind of like it was like almost like the passing of the torch. Like, here, here's what I know. Here, you you have this information with you. And I just I just picked up on the oh she died during childbirth and everything that that makes sense. I kept thinking like when she revealed that she was twenty two months pregnant. Did she fall? And I was like, no. How else would the fucking baby be born? How would how would that son be born? Like so she just died in childbirth, and you know once again, reoccurring thing of death within the family. That's that's his whole curse as a whole that everyone just dies. Circle of life.
0: But um, but that's that's what remains to be to pinch. That is, that is the entire game. We've gone through it, every story. So, Will, what is your rating of what remains of E.S. Finch?
1: Oh, before we get into the rating, I kind of want to talk about, like, the, the... I do this every episode. I'm sorry. I want to know, like, I want to talk about, like, that overall theme of this game and, like, what your interpretation of that theme. Usually I say ending, but this time it's a, it's a theme. What do you think the theme of this game is?
2: Mm,
0: hitting me with the hard one. Mm. Um, you know, you can't, can't take family for granted. And then, you know, what's also attributed to a family curse is not necessarily a curse, but you could just be being an idiot kind of Mm -hmm. thing.
2: Yeah. Like they all,
0: they all attributed that there was a, there was a Finch family curse. And so they, uh, all thought that they were going to die abruptly one day, but then, you know, all these things are kind of either series of unfortunate events or being idiots. Yeah. What, did you, what
1: did you think so there, there, there's i went down two different rabbit holes one was you know because i like when the the point where dawn grabs edith before she can finish that story that edie had for her and everything kind of reveals the truth behind the curse and everything it rips her away and I, I i took from that it's like oh we 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 shouldn't live life at this point where we bogged down in all the details like we're trying to understand why rather we should live in the moments and i decided back like every like when everyone died minus barbara she got fucked up real bad but everyone's kind of like living like their happiest moments essentially like from gus flying a kite to sven to like him going on the hunting trip with um dawn is that sven that's sven. No, that's sam. No, sam, sam. Sam, sam, sam yeah and like they have these happy moments and everything up until like their end so it's like oh okay maybe it's like all about like you know, living life to the fullest, being happy about it, not worrying about these little details associated with the curse. Did a little Googling myself and discovered that the actual theme of this game is bad parenting. That's it. Hey. <laughs> like, all, everyone was reckless. It's like they, like you said earlier, everyone was like too bogged down in those details of the curse and everything. So with that, they're like, oh, I'm being careful. Or, I'm being really reckless. And you, one, you got freaking Barbara murdered. You got two cow. They built a swing on top of a cliff. What, who? What idiot does that? You got Odin putting a house on a boat. I'm still not over that. It's a, <laughs> he's an idiot for doing that. And then you got Gregory, a baby in the bathtub. It's just and it it clicks for me. he's like oh, this game is about bad parenting and how we should look out for each other and whatnot. It's like not be reckless in life and not believe this bullshit that like that is like a curse and everything because it makes us all lackadaisical and everything. I think that's a fake word I just made up. Laxidaisical. No, that's real. Is it? No, no I'm not that
2: dictionary. Yeah.
0: You, you kind of realize that the first few months of life for your newborn is just making sure they don't die. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically all you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you're you not, you're not, you're just kind of making sure they don't kill themselves because they will try to. Yeah. Kids. They'll yeah. try to eat themselves off of a couch. Uh, that happened with us. So anyway. Anywho. So what is your unofficial but yet very official rating of this game mm, my rating is i have not cannot think of a funny rating for it it's very ambiguous
2: mm. very ambiguous you want me to go first then well what,
0: what what is your rating of the game
2: <laughs> my rating of this game
1: is an owl on acid
0: mm. no wait no
1: no 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 excuse me a polar bear on acid because polar bears are polar fucking bear. sick. I, re- like, I I I I'm just not, I'm not gonna let people to interpret this. Uh, this is easily a top ten game for me. Like I I enjoyed nice. this game. It was very beautiful. It was very sad. It hit all the it hit all the boxes for me on a story gameplay wise. Like oh, it's very creative.
0: This is the top ten game for me for sure. Is, that is awesome to hear? I, I I like that a game that I mean I I act like I took credit for developing the game, but like a, <laughs> you did, you a did, game absolutely. that I. A game that I I saw and I enjoyed and I wanted to share it with my friend and it turned out to be top ten game for them. That that's that's I like that. Did you come up with a rating for yourself? Uh no, but
2: uh (laughs) What's terrible with these ratings? I don't know. It it can Uh,
0: be anything you want. It's um if you don't come up with something I thought the uh whenever I came up with the Bioshock, the the Adam and Eve thing, the good evening. Oh, that was pretty
2: good.
1: Hmm. You got 10 seconds before I come up with one for you. Preston's unofficial rating is that the buildup you have when you need to go pee and then finally letting it go and that blissful euphoria you have from playing a game like this. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll go with that.
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, that concludes today's episode. I hope you I hope you enjoyed us rummaging through the Finch's household. Like always, leave a five-star review. There are no options. It's five stars. Please don't be a bitch. Five stars, nerd. But also, be sure to follow us on X and Instagram. We're getting off our asses and finally generating some new content on social media and everything. So please be sure to check it out. Give us some likes and all that kind of shit. Leave us a five-star review. I don't care. Do whatever you want to. And of course, before I forget, the next game we'll be playing is Armored Core 6. But with all that being said... We have been your very uncultured
2: hosts, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. Bye-bye.